let's open our ears and hear what I feel like the Spirit would like to say this morning. Let's bow our hearts and let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for your presence that we already sense here. We pray that when the word would go forth, we pray that it would go forth in power, that it would go forth in boldness, and everything that's said and done would bring you the glory. And everybody shouted a great big, everybody shouted a great big. This morning I want to preach on the thought, it's just lions, bears, and giants. Say that with me today. It's just Say it again. It's just lions, bears, and giants. If you read the Bible, you will find that there are many different figures that stand out in the Bible. Obviously, the number one figure, the number one person that you will see that the scripture speaks of is, of course, our Lord Jesus Christ. But there are other people in the scriptures that if you read the Bible for any length of time, you will discover that this person is mentioned over and over and over again. I'm sure you all know who that person is. It is David. We refer to him as King David because eventually he became the king of Israel. There are more verses in the Bible that's devoted to King David than probably any other person except for Jesus Christ. And I'm sure that most of you, if you have a church background, you have read or heard of the story of Goliath and David. I'm sure that you have read it many, many times. Now, when I was attending Sunday school, they had flannel graphs, you know. We cut out little Goliath, and we put him on the flannel graph, and David and the teacher would tell the story about how David slew that giant called Goliath, and there was a great victory in the nation of Israel. Well, sometimes when we hear a story over and over, that story can become so familiar that we forget about how powerful the story is. And this morning, I want to remind you about how powerful the story is of David and Goliath. It is an amazing story. It's an incredible story of how God used a little boy to defeat a giant called Goliath. And I am sure that when you hear this story again this morning, you will be reminded that no matter what the giants are in your life, and no matter what you are facing in your life, there is a God inside of you that's bigger than the giants of your life. Can I hear an amen? And I want to remind you this morning that the enemy will always make your giant bigger than what they are. The enemy will always make it bigger than what you are. And sometimes you've got to look through the eyes of a different set of eyes, and you've got to look at things through a different perspective, and you've got to see things through the Word of God. And you've got to realize that those giants, although they may seem big and strong at first, they're really not that big and strong, my friends. I'm convinced that the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Hallelujah. I said, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I want to remind you that it's just, about, it's just lions and bears and giants. It's nothing for God. It's nothing for God to defeat the lions and the bears and the giants in your life. And when the enemy comes against you and he tells you that he is bigger and that your obstacle is bigger than anything that you've ever faced, I want you to see your obstacles. I want you to see your lions and bears and giants 
as opportunities for God to work in your life. I don't know about you, but in the course of my Christian life and formation, I have seen God do many things in my life. I have seen God slay the giants and defeat the lions and the bears. And I can stand before you with experience this morning and tell you that we serve a God that is bigger than any giant lions and bears in your life. I just know this morning there's at least 50 people in this building that can raise your hand and clap your hands and testify that you can look over your life and you can see God defeating every lion, bear, and giant in your life. And you know that whatever you go through this year, you know that God has gone before you. Hallelujah. When you read the story of David and Goliath, you will find that David... And his people, Israel, God's people, was up against a giant. They were up against an enemy. The enemy was called the Philistines. And the Philistines was on one side of the valley. Now, for the sake of time, I want you to trust me. We don't have time to read all of the story this morning, so I want to paraphrase the story to you. And if you look at the story in 1 Samuel around chapter 17, or 16, 17, and 18, it tells us the story of David and Goliath. And one of the things that you'll see in the story is that the enemy, the enemy of God's people is the Philistines. In fact, the Philistines was God's arch enemy. It was always an enemy against God's people. And even though the, Philist- even though the Israelites would defeat them at times, they would still come back with more machinery, with more weaponry. They would come back with their words. But you remember what the, what the Lord said to the prophet Isaiah? They may rise up against you, but I'm going to scatter them seven times. That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And that every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment, he would condemn. That, is, that was the enemy coming against God's people. God said, don't worry about them, because all the enemy has is words. And he wants to intimidate you with his words. Because if the enemy can intimidate you with his words, he can control you. And if he can control you, he can bind you up. And that's the purpose of the enemy. You see, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Well, I'm convinced that if the truth can make you free, then it must be a lie that binds you up. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to scream and yell in your ear and tell you a bunch of lies. Because if you believe those lies, you will be bound up by lies. But I've come to tell you that truth will make you free this morning. Amen. Truth will make you free. Can I hear an amen? Thank you. So the enemy is the Philistines. They're on one side of the valley, and God's people are on the other side. And it was the custom that when two nations came together to fight, it was the custom for each nation to send out their biggest, baddest warrior. So for the Philistines, when they're in the battle, they came to the battle, the Philistines are on one side and Israel is on the other side, the Philistines decided that they would send their biggest, baddest warrior out. His name was Goliath. Now Israel was kind of debating who to send out. You read the story. First, they thought Saul would go out and Saul never went out. They fought some other people, other soldiers, but they chickened out. And finally, David was sent out. Now, the question is, why did they do that? Because common sense tells you, if you're in a war, let's please 
be careful with the bloodshed. Let's not sacrifice thousands of men when you can just send one man out and the other nation can send one man out and you can duke it out in the middle of the valley. Let's save our people from bloodshed. So the Philistines sent out their biggest, baddest man, Goliath, and the story tells us in 1 Samuel that eventually David, a little shepherd boy, was sent out by the people of Israel. You see, when you look at it in common sense, it doesn't look like much. It looks like Goliath is going to defeat David. Big, bad, giant Goliath coming in the valley to meet a little shepherd boy, David. Oh, but I'm telling you today that when you're up against the biggest, baddest giant of your life, it's an opportunity for God to show himself strong in your life. Oh, hallelujah. You know why this story is a bad story? Because when you look around, hallelujah, and you take assessment of your resources, when you look around and you take assessment of everything you have, you come to the conclusion that you don't have what you need to defeat the giants in your life. And that is where God shows up. Because God wants you to know that you don't have what you need to defeat the giants in your life. And so when you are faced with the biggest, baddest obstacles of your life, God is saying you don't have what you need to defeat it, but that's all right. Because if I'm with you, that's all that you need because it's going to be an opportunity for me to show out, show in for my glory to be demonstrated. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in the building that can wave your hand this morning and thank God that he is still in the business of slaying every giant in your life? Hallelujah. You see, I've learned one thing. It's not how you begin that determines your victory. It's how you come out that determines your victory. Some of you will start, but you will not finish. It's how you finish determines the victory. It's not how you start. You see, many of us start, but we are not good at finishing. You see, David started, he started, and he walked towards Goliath, but he finished the fight. And I want to let some of you know tonight or this morning that God has not called you to this battle for you to give up in the valley. God has not called you to give up in the face of the obstacles and the tyrant called fear. He's called you to finish this thing. You say, Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to finish this thing. I don't, I'm not sure how I could walk up under this pressure any longer. I'm telling you, the Scripture tells us that greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. The Scripture tells us that if the same God that raised Jesus from the dead, it lives in you and it will quicken your mortal body. You see, I've learned one thing, that it is not the arsenal in the story that brought the victory, but it is what David brought to the battle that determined the victory. It is not what was in his hand that determined the victory, but what was in his heart that determined the victory. And if you got defeat in your heart, you'll never make it. The Scripture says, for as a man thinks within himself, so he is. If you think you're a loser, you will lose. If you think you're defeated, you will be defeated. If you think you have no chance, 
you'll have no chance. It is what's in your heart when you go to the Goliath, when you approach the enemy, that will determine whether you will succeed or not. It is what's inside of you. It's not if you have a sling in your hand. It's not if you have a sword in your hand. It's not if you have a gun in your hand. It's not kind of arsenal that you have in your hand or what kind of machinery that you're using. It is what is in your heart that will determine the course of action. It is what's in your heart that will determine the victory. Hallelujah. And David, even though he was little, even though he was a rudy little boy, even though he didn't have much going for him, just a little shepherd boy out in the field. In fact, the Bible tells us that his own father, Jesse, overlooked him. His own father wanted some of his other sons to be chosen, but God chose that little boy to be not only king, but to be the victor in this story. And I, as I read this story, I want you to see some principles of victory that's found in this story. Principles of victory. I want you to notice something about uh, David, the principle of victory. How was victory accomplished? How can a little boy stand in front of a giant and win the victory? Well, if you read the story, there are some principles of victory. Number one, the first principle of victory is that David saw himself or he saw a vision of victory. He saw a vision of victory. I want you to see this. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse number 26, I want you to see what David says about himself and what he says to these men. These men that he's speaking to are soldiers, and they're all cowards. But listen to what David says in verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defile the armies of the living God? You see, David, a little boy, a little shepherd boy, you see his vocabulary here. He certainly saw a vision of victory. Do you see the confidence in his voice? His confidence is this. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this warrior that is trying to defile the armies of the living God? Here is this boy. Here is this teenager standing in front of all the other soldiers. And his voice perks up. And his voice says with confidence, who is that man in the valley that would have enough nerve to defile the armies of the Israelites? Who is this man? Who is this man that's going to defile the armies of the living God? And here David says, obviously he's old enough to have a wife. He's young here. And he says, well, what is the reward? What is the reward for killing this man? And they said, well, you know, the reward is, is he's going to have this and that. But one of the rewards that he's going to have, he is going to have a wife. He will be given a wife. You see, so David here sees himself as the victor. He doesn't see himself as the victim. He sees himself as victorious. Other people saw defeat. Other soldiers are just standing around. Other soldiers are just standing around. And here is a man of courage. Here is a young man standing there saying, who is going to kill this uncircumcised Philistine? 
Why is this uncircumcised Philistine defiling the armies of the living God? You see what David was saying? David was speaking with confidence. David was saying something with courage. You can hear it in his voice because the first thing for victory is this. You've got to see a vision of victory. If you don't see yourself coming out, you're not going to come out. If you don't see yourself recovering, you're not going to recover. If you don't see yourself being restored, you're not going to be restored. The very first principle of victory is this, my friends. You've got to see yourself as victorious. You've got to change your perception about yourself. Because the enemy is going to come to you and he's going to bring up your past. He's going to bring up your failures. He's going to bring up what you did then. He's going to bring up what other people said about you. And you know what the enemy's going to do? He's going to use his words to manipulate you and to control you, and his words will defeat you. But you've got to understand something, is that your success today is not dependent on what you did yesterday, because his grace covered what happened yesterday. And his grace not only covered what you did yesterday, his grace is also strong enough to bring you out of it and defeat the giant. You see, God is not calculating your faults and failures and saying, you know, you did all of this in the past, and because you did all of that, I'm going to make sure you fail in the battle. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad that God doesn't consult my past to determine my future. I'm glad that God is a loving God, a generous God, a compassionate God, and if you claim Jesus as Lord, Jesus is saying, I'm with you, I'm for you, I'll fight for you, I'll be with you, I'll stick up for you, I'll speak for you, I will be your greatest defender. You've got to see a vision, a victory for yourself. You see, the Bible says that you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You don't stay there. You walk through. You don't stay in the fire. You go through the fire. He will bring you out. The same God that brought you out will be the same God that will bring you in. How many would raise your hand and agree with me that if you read the Old Testament, God brought out Moses through the Red Sea. Do you believe that? God brought the children of Israel out of the wilderness. God brought Daniel out of the lion's den. God brought the Hebrew boys out of the fiery furnace. God brought Peter out of prison. God brought Paul out of the storm. God brought Lazarus out of the grave. God brought Jesus out of death. And if he can bring Jesus out of death, he can bring you out of that storm. Hallelujah. We serve a God that can bring you out. You got to see a vision of victory. Number two, another principle of victory is this you got to be careful who you listen to. You got to be careful who you listen to. You see, his brother, Eliab, the Bible says in verse number 28, Eliab. Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to these men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David and said, Why do you come down here? With whom have you left those sheep with in the wilderness? I know the pride of your heart. You have come down to see the battle. So here, number two, David's brother. You see David's brother? David's brother, look at verse number 28. David's brother said, I know the intentions of your heart. David Who's taking care of those sheep? David, I know the pride that's in your heart. 
David, why did you come down here? David, you just come down here to show off. David, you just came down here to let everybody know that you could do it. There's pride in your heart, David. You see, I'm convinced that the moment you correct your identity, the moment you start to believe in yourself, the moment that you have confidence that God is with you will be the moment that somebody will come and speak in your ear and tell you something contrary. And here is David's brother speaking to him. David's brother said, I know the pride of your heart. And that's not true. David was not a prideful man here. David was an obedient man wanting to be used of God. And sometimes people will get jealous of you because you are more confident than they are. Sometimes people will become jealous of you because you are willing to do something for God that they wish they could have done. And here is David's brother. You see those words that David's brother is saying to David? He's accusing him of having pride. He's asking him, why are you down here, David? You need to go back to where you come from and take care of those sheep. In other words, David's own brother did not see the greatness that was in him. And I'm convinced that the people that's around you sometimes will never see what you see. I'm convinced that the people that's around you and the closest people that are around you sometimes will never see the king that's inside of you. They will always remind you of what you did in your past. And they'll always tell you the reasons why you can't do what you can do. And they will always give you judgmental, manipulative criticism in your life. They will never build you up. They won't believe in you. They won't speak life into you. They will degrade you. They will tell you the reasons why you can't do it. But I want to let you know today that God, when God called you, he didn't consult your family. When God called you, he didn't consult your best friend. When God called you, he didn't consult the church. When God called you, he didn't consult your coworker. When God called you, he called you because God says, I've chosen you. You're my handiwork. There's an anointing on your life. And whether people like it or not, I'm going to push you out. And I'm going to get all the glory in and through your life. Woo! You've got to be careful who you listen to. Because in the end, who you listen to will determine the course of action. Number three, another principle of victory is this. Be bigger than your fears. Be bigger than your fears. You see, Goliath was big. If Goliath is big, then my fear is big. His fear is big because Goliath is big. And sometimes our fear is big because our obstacle seems big. The sickness seems big. The financial hardship seems big. And because it seems big, my fear seems big. But a principle of victory is this. If you're going to make it and defeat the giant, you've got to be bigger than your fears. You've got to be bigger than the fear that's in front of you. The Bible says, look at this, 1 Samuel chapter 15, excuse me, 1 Samuel 17 and verse number 32. Look at what happens here. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistines. Now, y'all, I'm about to shout here because you, you see what just happened here? David, here is a young man who is saying to the king of Israel, 
Now, I don't know about you, but don't you think that the king should go fight the battle? Come on, can I hear an amen? How many would agree with me that the king probably should go fight the battle? The king, Saul, should be the example. But in this story, the king is a coward. You know what that tells me? Just because you have the title don't mean you're going to be victorious. Just because you got the title doesn't mean you got the anointing. Just because you got the title doesn't mean you got the courage. Just because you got the title doesn't mean you got the tenacity. Just because you got the title doesn't mean you got the perseverance. The person whom God has called, the person that God has anointed, is the person with the tenacity and perseverance to stand before the giant. Here is a young man saying to his king, look at it. Verse 32, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail. He's saying to the king, don't, don't be discouraged, king. Your servant will go out and I'll fight this Philistine. I don't know, as a pastor, I like people with that attitude. I like people with tenacity and perseverance. You don't always got to tell them what to do all the time. They just know what to do because they're full of faith and courage and perseverance. Here is a man. I'll do it. You got to be bigger than your fears. Got to be bigger than your fears. And you know what Saul says in verse 33? Saul said to David, you are not able to do this. You're not able to go against the Philistines. You are just a youth. You're a man of war from your youth. Now, hold on here. So the king says, you can't do this, buddy. You're just a young whippersnapper. You're just a, you don't even got hair on your chest, buddy. You, know, you can't do this. I mean, you're just a little youth. David said to Saul, verse 34, your servant... Look at this young man standing before the king. Says, "Your servant used to keep the father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went after it. And I struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and I struck it and I killed it." Verse thirty-six. Your servant has both killed the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he's defiled the armies of the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands and bless the Lord this morning. Glory to you. know what David was saying? David saying, I know, Saul, you don't believe I can do this. Because this leads me to my other point. Success begins in the quiet moments when nobody is looking. That's your next point. You see, in other words, you know what David is saying? David is saying, I know, Mr. King, you don't think I can do it. And I know, Mr. King, you don't think I have the ability to kill this giant. I know, Mr. King, you think I'm young and inexperienced. And yet, King, you may be right. I am young, and I am inexperienced, and I have never killed this giant. But let me remind you, that I've been up on the hillside taking care of my father's sheep, and I've been faithful to do that. 
And I want to remind you, oh, Mr. King, that there was times that I killed the lion and the bears off of those lambs. And I know if I could do that, and if God was with me to do that, then I don't know who you're talking about, Mr. King, because that uncircumcised Philistine must come down. And I've come all the way from Annie Baxter to let somebody know today it's just lions, bears, and giants. I'm telling you today that God is saying it's just lions, bears, and giants. I'm telling you if he was with you with the lion, if he was with you with the bear, God is saying, I'm going to be with you when you face that giant called Goliath. Can I stop and preach a little bit here? I don't know why some of you discouraged. I want you to look back and see all the lions and bears God gave you. I want you to look back and see the victories God has given you. I want you to look back and see the healings God has brought in your life. I want you to look back and see the financial miracles that God has given you. Why are you discouraged today? It is just lions and bears and giants. I'm telling you, if God is with you with the lion, if he's with you with the bear, he will be with you with the giant. It's just lions and bears and giants. It's all it is. David said, oh, Mr. King, my success not determined by my youth. My success isn't determined by my arsenal. My success not determined by my weaponry. It's not determined by how old I am. I want to let you know, Mr. King, I've been on the hillside protecting those lambs, killing off bears and giants, and God had me in a quiet place on the backside of a desert, and he was training me for this moment. Can I prophesy to you one last time before you go home and eat your chicken nuggets? I want to prophesy to you today that God has sent me here to this church and God has sent you to this church and those who are watching online. There is an army in Galena. There is an army in here. We got some Davids anointed by the Spirit. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter whatever Goliath may come our way. We've been here eight years and we're still chucking on. We still lift. Come on, somebody. I want somebody to raise your hand and say, it's just lions and bears and giants. I want to let you know that God is with us. He's for us. He's behind us. He's around us. He is Emmanuel. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the mighty. God. He's the El Shaddai. He's altogether lovely. He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. He's everything I could ever dream of and ever want. Woo! Woo! Somebody give God glory this morning. Hallelujah. Woo! God is preparing me for this particular moment. Preparing me for this particular moment. Number four, you got to go confidence of his power. Verse 37, moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me, Paul of the lion, Paul of the bear, he will deliver me 
the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go. The Lord will be with you. Saul clothed David with his armor, brazen bronze helmet on his head, clothed him, coat of mail. David fastened his sword to the armor. He tried to walk, for he had not tested them. David said to Saul, I cannot walk like this. Not tested it. David took it off. There will be people in your life that will tell you how to get the victory. There will be people that will give you prescription of how you should do the victory. But you've got to realize something. It is not their battle to fight. It is your battle to fight. And the way you fight your battle will be different how somebody else fights their battle. Took the armor off. Can't. Can't. Wear what you want me to wear. Got to go out in confidence. Verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, look at the confidence. You come to me with a sword and a spear, javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies, whom you have defiled. See the confidence this man has? Verse number 46, the day, this day the Lord will deliver me in the hand, my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. This day I will give your carcass carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. The earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Look at the confidence this man has. Goes because he's anointed and he's appointed. Goes because he knows that God was with him with the bear and the lion. It's just lions and bears and giants. It's just lions and bears and lions. David stands before that great assembly. And all of the assembly shall know, verse 47, that the Lord does not save with a spear and a sword. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it into our hands. Lord's not going to give me the victory because of my sword. He's going to give me the victory because I lack in resources so that his glory is made bigger than my resource. See number five. Closing, or number six, whatever you have in your hand, victory. What did he have in his hand? He just had a little slingshot. The Bible says in verse 49 that David put his hand in the bag, took out the stone, he slung it, and struck the Philistine in his forehead. And the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell to the face of the earth. And David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. 
but there was no sword in his hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheath, killed him, cut his head off. And the Philistines saw that their champion was dead. They fled. God gave a great victory that day because David used whatever he had. My friends, as Christ's point goes into 2022, we're going to use whatever we have. We may not have what other churches have, but we have something to use. We use what we have. God will give us the victory. I'm telling you, what can we learn from today? We can learn today, my friends. We can learn today. Number one, you can learn today that you have to have a vision of victory. You've got to see yourself as a victor. Number two, you've got to be careful who you listen to. Number three, you've got to be bigger than your fears. You've got to see that success happens in the quiet places when nobody is looking. You've got to go in the confidence of his power. You've got to be confident in this thing. And lastly, you've got to use whatever God has given you at the moment. You will have a great victory. Now the story has been written. For centuries, Christians like you and I have read this story. We have been encouraged that the same God that defeated the, Israel, that defeated the Philistines same God that is among us today. 